You are listening to True Crime Twins, a true crime podcast hosted by Chloe and Melina Cantor. True Crime Twins is produced by Crawlspace Media. Stalking is a criminal act characterized by a pattern of behavior which would lead a reasonable person to become fearful for his or her safety. It's a crime punishable by the federal government in all 50 states and territories. Stalking acts commonly consist of a victim being harassed, followed, or watched. It is a course of conduct crime in which individual stalking or harassment acts in isolation may be non-criminal. A pattern of behavior is often required, varying among states. At this time, 51% of U.S. states require there be two or more stalking acts for the perpetrator to be charged, and 47% of states require an established pattern of stalking acts. The other key element of stalking is an established level of fear, also varying amongst states. 53% of states require that stalking acts would cause a reasonable person to feel fear. 20% of states require that they cause the victim to experience fear. And 27% require a combination of these two elements. 8% of states have a far stricter standard of fear in which the victim must prove they feared for their life. The crime of harassment has a course of conduct similar to that of stalking but it does not include the element of fear. Stalking is linked to sexual assault and to intimate partner violence and can result in long-term trauma for its victim. The purpose of this podcast is to expand on demographic risk factors for victims of stalking, victim-offender relationships, offense characteristics, and the short and long-term impact of stalking for victims. In discussing prevalence and incidence, it is estimated that 1.4% of adults in the United States are victimized by stalking annually. In a 12-month period, 3.4 million adults in the United States were victims of stalking, and 14 in every 1,000 persons were victimized. The lifetime prevalence for intimate partner stalking was 9.2% for women and 2.4% for men. As far as risk factors, there are several demographic characteristics, including sex, race, marital status, and socioeconomic status, that increase one's risk of stalking victimization. First, women are at higher risk of stalking victimization than men. Females experienced stalking at a rate of 20 victimizations per 1,000 women, while males did so at a rate of seven per 1,000 men. However, men and women are at equal risk of experiencing harassment. Victimization risk diminishes with age. Younger adults are significantly more likely to be stalked than older adults. 53.8% of female and 47.7% of male stalking victims were first victimized when they were younger than 25. Adults aged 18 to 19 years old and 20 to 24 years old are at highest risk of stalking victimization. The prevalence of stalking varies among race and female victims, with mixed race and indigenous women having the highest rates of victimization. 30.6% of multiracial women, 
22.7% of indigenous women, 19.6% of black women, 16% of white women, and 15.2% of Hispanic women were stalked in their lifetime. Amongst men, the prevalence of stalking victimization across races ranges from five to 8%. Asian and Pacific Islander adults were at lowest risk of victimization. Individuals with the marital status of separated or divorce were at higher risk of stalking victimization, experiencing victimization at a rate of 34 per 1,000 persons. This trend could be related to the fact that stalking is most commonly committed by a former intimate partner, particularly when the victim wishes to seize the intimate relationship. Individuals who were never married are also at risk. Married people and widowers had the lowest rate of stalking victimizations. People who earned lower incomes and were of a lower socioeconomic status were at highest risk of stalking victimization, as is an enduring pattern in all violent crime. A victim's relationship to their perpetrator is often relevant to their victimization. Acts of stalking are most commonly perpetrated by current or former intimate partners of the victim followed by acquaintances of the victim. Approximately three in four victims of stalking knew their perpetrator in some capacity. 66.2% of women and 41.4% of men were stalked by a former or current intimate partner. Intimate partner stalking is most likely to occur when the victim has terminated the relationship or attempted to do so. Only in 10% of cases, are victims stalked by strangers. Furthermore, victims were most likely to be stalked by a perpetrator of the same age and race. The gender of the stalking victim influences the likely gender of their perpetrator. In instances where women were stalked, 67% of the perpetrators were men and 24% were women. When men were stalked, 41% of the perpetrators were men and 43% were women. Because stalking does not always require that the perpetrator come into contact with the victim, there are cases where the perpetrator's gender is unknown to the victim. In 16% of male stalking victimizations and 10% of female stalking victimizations, the victims were unable to identify the gender of their perpetrator. Empirical data exists regarding why the stalking victim believes they were victimized. Most victims of stalking believed their perpetrator's motive was personal, encompassing anger, retaliation, and or spite, or a desire for control over the victim. In some cases, the victim perceived that the perpetrator began engaging in acts of stalking to force the victim to stay in a relationship, at times beginning when the victim is cohabitating with their perpetrator. Stalking victims were significantly more likely to believe their perpetrator was emotionally unstable and controlling than harassment victims. It is uncommon, but not unheard of, for there to be more than one perpetrator in the same course of a stalking victimization. In 60% of stalking cases, there was a lone perpetrator, while in 18% of cases, there are two, and in 13%, there are three. As far as offense characteristics, the most common form of stalking for both women and male perpetrators was repeated unwanted phone calls or messages. This occurred in more than 75% of cases with perpetrators of both sexes. 
As a percentage of stalking victims, 68% of women and 70% of men were threatened physical harm by their stalker, and about 40% of victims were threatened harm to their coworkers, friends, family, or pets. 30% of all stalking victims received unwanted letters and email. 36% had rumors spread about them. 34% were spied on or followed, and 12% were left unwanted gifts. The Supplemental Victimization Survey, one of the largest studies of stalking, classified seven kinds of stalking acts, including sending unsolicited or unwanted letters, text messages, and emails, making unwanted phone calls, spying on or following the victim, leaving unwanted items, gifts, or flowers, waiting at places for the victim, showing up at places without a legitimate reason, and posting information or spreading rumors about the victim by word of mouth, on the internet, or in a public setting. Out of these seven acts, stalking victims were three times more likely to experience some acts than harassment victims, including the offender showing up at places without reason, the offender waiting outside or inside a place being frequented by the victim, and the offender following or spying on the victim. As the major difference between stalking and harassment victimization is fear, it is likely that those three acts instilled the most fear in victims of that course of conduct. Our present digital age has provided new ways for individuals to be reached and potentially stalked. More than 25% of stalking victims were cyber-stalked through use of email, instant messaging, electronic and GPS monitoring, listening devices, and cameras. Email was the most common medium for cyberstalking, accounting for 83% of the instances, followed by instant messaging at 35. The course of conduct of stalking can include other criminal acts. 24% of stalking victimizations involved property damage, 21% involved the victim being physically attacked, and 15% involved someone other than the primary target, such as pets or friends, being physically attacked. In cases where the victim was physically attacked, the violence was most frequently in the form of slaps, punches, or kicks, but more serious assaults and even fatalities are accounted for. Victims were at higher risk of being attacked if the stalker had made threats and if they were a former intimate partner. Former intimate partners are significantly more likely to follow through on threats of violence than acquaintances or strangers. Victims who were younger were also more likely to be physically attacked in the course of their stalking victimization. 46% of stalking victims experienced acts of stalking at a frequency of at least one incident per week. Nearly half of stalking cases had an onset of unwanted behavior of six months or less. In 11% of stalking cases, the victim reported having been stalked for a period of five years or more. The element of fear is what distinguishes stalking from harassment, another crime consisting of a course of conduct of unwanted behavior. The most prevalent fears among stalking victims were harm to self or their loved ones, of the unknown of what could happen next, or the behavior never stopping. They were also concerned of loss or freedom or death. One in five victims feared imminent bodily harm to themselves. One in six 
feared for the safety of a family member or child. An individual's likelihood of experiencing fear from their stalking victimization is influenced by sex, race, and marital status. Being a female, being white, and being single are linked to higher levels of reported fear by stalking victims. Women who were previously stalked and women who were stalked by a non-stranger were also significantly more likely to report feeling fearful in the face of stalking victimization. Physical pursuit, such as following or waiting for the victim, invoked the most fearful responses in stalking victims compared to other forms of stalking, and victims were more likely to be fearful during the daytime hours. The fear that characterizes stalking victimization is detrimental to the psychological, physical, vocational, and interpersonal functioning of its victims, regardless of whether the victim was physically attacked. Elevated levels of post-traumatic stress disorder are found amongst victims of stalking, with symptoms encompassing anxiety attacks, flashbacks, insomnia, distrustfulness, anger, and sadness. Women aged 18 to 22 who were stalked had significantly higher odds of first onset of a mental health issue than women who were not stalked. Stalking victims who were physically harmed were faced with higher levels of subjective stress as measured on the impact of events scale and even higher rates of PTSD. Stalking victims were twice as likely to feel concerned and anxious at the onset of their victimization than harassment victims. 15% of stalking victims felt depressed or physically ill as the course of conduct of their victimization progressed, and 1% became suicidal. Stalking victimization is also associated with a negative financial impact. More than half of victims of stalking lost at least five days from work as a result. Furthermore, 30% of stalking victims accrued significant out-of-pocket costs directly related to their victimization including moving expenses, childcare costs, attorney fees, and damaged property. Finally, 16% of stalking victims suffered property damage as a result of their victimization. Self-regulation, a primary coping strategy in stalking victims, consists of controlled measures taken by the victim to avoid the stalker, such as relocating or changing their phone number. These measures can have psychological and social ramifications for the stalking victim. Social isolation stems from the victim withdrawing from people in their social network, their apprehension toward new people in unfamiliar situations, and lowered self-esteem. Stalking victims are often forced to radically change their lives in the face of unwanted contact and threats. One in seven victims permanently relocated as a result of their stalking victimization. 70% of victims reached out to their social supports asking for help, and for discretion regarding their whereabouts. 21% discussed their victimization with their employer, and 20% discussed it with an attorney. 22% of victims changed their day-to-day -day activities. 18% stayed with family members, and 17% took time off of school and work to avoid their assailant. Victims took other protective actions, including installing call blocking and caller ID, changing their phone number, in changing locks and or installing a security system. Less than 50% of stalking victimizations are reported to law enforcement. There are no significant differences in reporting rates between male and female victims, 
despite the fact that violent victimizations in general are more likely to be reported if the victim is female. Of the cases reported to police, law enforcement action against the perpetrator was reportedly taken less than 40% of the time, and only in 8% of the reported cases was the perpetrator arrested. The most common actions taken by law enforcement included taking a report, personally warning the offender, and suggesting a protective order. In 19% of the reported cases, no action was taken at all. In cases where the stalking had stopped, it was most frequently attributed to an in-person police warning. 10% of stalking victims believed the cessation of their stalking victimization was rooted in the filing of a protective order through the courts. 